This is Matt. This is Lee. And this is the Vinyl Crawl. This time we are doing the replacements. Pleased to meet me with some <laughs> Boda Boss wine. Because <laughs> we have to do box wine with the replacements. It's kind of... Paul would be proud. Yeah, it's... There's just... There's not a beer classy enough for the replacements. <laughs> we couldn't find any old style. That's true, yeah. You know? And I should also mention Lee's with us on the podcast this time. Uh, Lee's been on with us before on the Random Pool podcast. Random Pool, but not on the crawl. Right. Yeah. First time on the crawl. And we are at the the Jitters is the name of this pub. Right, guys? Is that I what thought the we were at said? the IOU. Oh, it's the IOU. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Too much Jitters, is, ac- and now I'm Jitters is across the street. We might go there later, but they were closed. So we right. came over to the IOU. So, so Lee, give us a, since we're drinking this Boda, Boda box wine here, give us a little taste profile of, of what you're getting, what kind of notes you're hitting on that. Plum. You're getting some plum? Getting some plum. Lots some, of fruits going on. Lots of fruit. Lots of mashed grape. Yeah. How's the alcohol? How's the how's the mouth feel with the alcohol? It's pretty harsh. <laughs> it's, it's a little a, boozy. It's a little boozy. <laughs> little Gotta harsh. say. As it should be. Because if harsh. we're talking about the replacements in this time period. If we're talking about pleased to meet me, a little boozy and a little harsh is probably the best way we could describe this album, right? Yes. It's not completely harsh it's not early replacements no yeah it's on its way yeah you know you've got skyway yeah we're a little the the edges are a little more sanded over to where we're not so sharp anymore like some of the previous albums right right the twin tone years so since matt's probably the biggest matt's fan we have here i'm gonna let him start it off probably with yeah no he definitely is with uh some of his favorite stuff about this album. Favorite stuff about this album. Um, Well, honestly, this was one of the albums that got me out of hair metal back in the day. I lived lived through the hair metal years. You know, I did my time seeing Whitesnake and Motley Crue and all that stuff, which was fun. Um... But Tommy Lee sucks as a drummer. <laughs> Fair enough. By the way. Fair enough. Um, and I went to my local record store and bought Let It Be. Okay. Because they were doing Black Diamond, which was a Kiss song, which I was a huge Kiss fan. In this, I was a kid of the 70s. So. so you're saying the Mats were doing Black Diamond? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. on Let It Be. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that cost you four ninety nine. Um, no, I think it was. I think it was like seven ninety eight. Oh man! Yeah, a solid one tenth. Yeah, of what you will pay <laughs> today on Discogs. And so soon after I picked that up, I went back, and this had just come out too. So I skipped Tim. You know, so this was what, 87, I think. I think so, 87. So when I dropped the needle and heard IOU, it was just like, boom, mind blown. And the rest of it just, I mean, I I probably listened to this album 
constantly for months on end. So what, um, like reading high school at the time, was mm-hmm. that, was that yep. the high school years? Yeah. Which that's, I can't think of a better album to go through oh, high school man. with than this yeah. album. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's right there on that teenage angst. Perfect. But it's, but it's still, the songs are written so well that it's not just kind of like, you know, like throwaway teenage angst. It's like, they're still oh, really no. well written songs. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Valentine. Can't hardly wait. Alex Chilton. The obvious. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Even Super Skyway. Good. I Skyway mean, Skyway is a great song. I think Nightclub Jitters is a great song in the tradition of uh, like androgynous or something yeah. like that. Kind of yep. put, putting a new suit on the same, you know, method. We should kind of mention, I guess, one way that the younger crowd would probably know this album is from Alex Chilton, which was a track on Rock Band. Do you remember was that, it? Lee? Yeah. Did you ever play Rock Band at all? <laughs> I, I played Rock Band some, but I didn't own Rock yep. Band. I, I had Guitar Hero. I think maybe Rock Band 3 or something, one of the tracks that it came with when you bought it was Alex Chilton. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. It's wow. a, you know, that's a great one to play. Surprisingly good taste. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great one to play. Um, I bet, man. But, you know, I, and that's funny because I didn't even really know this until recently. Alex Chilton is on this record. And this record was recorded in Ardent Studios mm-hmm. yeah. in Memphis. Which is something that I had never realized. It makes so, total sense. So the Big Star connection, outside of just Alex Chilton, mm-hmm. who was in Big Star, mm-hmm. is the producer was also Jim Dickinson, who produced, who produced Big the Star. who produced the third Big Star album, mm-hmm. third, right? So there's so there's all kinds of Big Star connection. Yeah. And I want I've just got to wonder like what that was like for them, because this is what this is second major label. Tim was yeah, first, right? Tim was, Tim was first. first with Sire, and then this. And I just, I've got to imagine it being like them just asking, like, can we do that? Yeah. Well, and Jim Dickinson is, Jim Dickinson was a really kind of out there dude Mm -hmm. as well. And and that's kind of, that's a lot of the criticism for Big Star Third is that the album's way too out there and experimental. They kind of, they, they got away. It's misunderstood. People don't get it. (laughs) But they, dude, Kangaroo. Yeah, Kangaroo's great. September Girls, is that on there? No, No, September Girls is Radio City. Radio City. City. But Kangaroo, man, like, ah, God. No, I love it. Uh, And, you know, I even, this might be sacrilegious, but I actually like Buckley's version of it even. Oh, Buckley's version is awesome. I I might even like it more than the Big Star version. It's pretty good. But they're right there together. It's hard to. For sure. But, Jim Dickinson was was kind of the mastermind behind Big Star Third. Mm. He was what pushed. Well, it, it, or maybe you could say he was what held it together. Yeah, that's true <laughs> too. Yeah, that is definitely true. Yeah. But at this time, I guess, um, I, what, what did Alex Chilton actually do on this album? I'm, I he only played guitar on one track, and I'm blanking. It it might be I don't know. I think it's I don't know. I think it's I don't yeah. know. Uh, because by this point, the mats. We're a three-piece. Okay. Bob, yeah. Bobby Stinson, yep. or wait, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bob. Bobby Stinson was gone, but then Bob, what's his name, who they replaced him with? Curly hair dude from across the street. Wasn't his name Slim? also Bob? Slim. 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 Uh, he was yet to join. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's the only, only time they ever recorded technically as a three-piece, and... Yeah, I don't know. I think has Alex Chilton on guitar, and there's another guitar player who shows up to do a solo on 
what is it, the ledge or Nevermind or something. Yeah, who is that? Yeah, check the notes. While you're looking, do you guys think this was effectively like the the absolute cutoff point for their punk days? Do you think this album was it? Or do you think Tim was it? Oh, there's... I mean, there's punk left yeah. in all of it, I think, to a certain degree anyway. Yeah. I mean, now granted... Now I'm comparing it to the early replacement stuff. Well, when you're comparing it to the early replacement stuff, no, this is like... This is so crazily cleaned up from... Right. Sorry, sorry. Mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they were... Dude, Tommy was 15 or 14 on Sorry, Ma. You know, so it's pretty natural, I think. And I think this is like, if you're going to divide the replacements, like right down the middle with Let It Be, which is like, I don't know anybody who would argue that Let It Be isn't their best work. Me and Matt oh, are, Matt's me about and ready to, uh, though. No, I, I'll, I'll argue that as well. Really? Yeah. Whoa, I'm well, so amazed. I want to know about this. But it, it's I'll like... I'll give you my take in just a second and, after Matt. And I is. think... I forgot who it was. It was one night on Facebook we were talking about Let It Be being the greatest. And, you know, it's one of those typical Facebook debates. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I like Please to Meet Me as their best work. But it's a fine line. I mean, we're talking apples yeah. and oranges. It's, you know. Here's my take on it. I think that Please to Meet Me is the best replacements album. I think there are songs that are as good or better than Please to Meet Me. Collectively, the way the but flow is. But I think is collectively, Please this, to Meet Me is the best thing they've ever done. I'll, as a solid album. So you, you get what I'm saying I, there? Like, I'll accept that. You know, because to me, is like. Like, okay, you know, so, Bastards of Young. Um, uh, the What's the other song that's on Tim that. Uh, Waitress in the Sky, Dose of Thunder. Keep going. I'm, um, swing and party, left of the dial. Left of the dial. Left of the dial. I mean, yeah. So left of the track. dial. Left I think of the could dial could be better than please to meet me. Is the hundred and twenty minutes alternative? Oh, yeah, it's like, an anthem. Theme song. It's an anthem for yeah. alternative rock in the eighties. It is, it is yeah. the anthem. Like that is what it is. But um, what's the song I'm trying to think of? Unsatisfied. There we go. No, unsatisfied. Let, let it, it be. be. Okay. So I'll, but this is, but I'm getting at the songs better than the album. Mm-hmm. So, so unsatisfied as a song, I might like better than Please to Meet Me as an album. But I think as a replacement's album, Please to Meet Me is the best album. That that's that's my take I th- on. It. I think that's fair, and I think you know, in my eyes, you're talking about the difference between what I see as being their best and their second best. And again, it's like Matt and was it's saying. Like, it's like, I mean, oh, yeah, it's so close. we're like it's splitting close. hairs. And it, and it really is because I think, so Let It Be is right there, kind of in the middle between the early years, the first two records and um, the EP, Why Am I Blank and Stink. And I guess Shit Hit the Fans was pre-Let It Be. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so all that stuff, the really raw, the really punk stuff, and then the cleaned up sire years. Yeah. You know, I think Please to Meet Me is obviously the best of the sire years, you know, and then, but I would understand somebody making the argument that like, no, 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 
I prefer the early stuff to the sire years so or do you, vice do versa. You like, do you think it's like two sides of the same brain kind of thing? Like you've got totally. the sire years and then you've got the other stuff. Yeah. And then let it be is what cuts it right down the middle, you know? Yeah. Uh, and now in all fairness, this is coming from somebody who doesn't really know the last two records very well. Well, Don't Tell a Soul is underrated in my book. As far as, you know, the replacements get a bad rap later during the, the sire years because it's like, oh, you lost your edge. Oh, you're not punk anymore. You've sold out. Well, they never sold out because they never they never made, made money. it. I, I mean, mean this, come on. This sold you know? the most, you know, Please to Meet Me sold the most of any of them. It did what, like 300,000 units in its time? That What's that book? Uh, Our Band Could yeah. Be Your Life. Yep. The dude who wrote that, he attributes about 300,000 copies to the record. Which is, back then, nothing. Right. You now, know, it's, it, now it's completely respectable. But, but yeah, then. no, now that's really solid. Yeah. A lot of a lot of bands are happy to hit 100,000. And so I'm sure by now, after all these years, it must have gone gold. Right? It had to have. I would hope. Yeah. You know, the difference of 20 years, what's another yeah. 200,000 copies of it? So um, outside of debating which album's best, let's talk about, you guys were already hitting on the cover art. I didn't. I didn't place it. Honestly, yeah. I just oh, yeah. did not place yeah, it. Blues. I don't yeah. know how I didn't place it. So, you guys talk about the cover art on it about why that's so cool. Well, and I think it's more a nod to Elvis because mm-hmm. they were Elvis fans. <laughs> it's getting we're getting just, getting the end of the Boda box. Yeah, there. we're just finishing. Gotta, gotta, gotta tap it out. Pull the bladder out and go ahead and. Uh, well, you. You just you're, missed it. You're, you're in it. You're in it right yeah, now. Yeah, you're in the podcast. Yeah. This is the Boda episode. Yeah. No, there needs to be a whole Boda box involved. <laughs> well, if the replacements were here, there would be two There would Boda. be multiple Boda yeah. boxes involved. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, Paul's a huge Elvis fan. Mm-hmm. And so for them to... <laughs> Make sure and squeeze the last little bit out of that That's bladder right. there. That's <laughs> right. She's literally milking the bladder like an udder. She's squeezing the last little bit. Okay, now that's enough. <laughs> Get that again, last little bit of goodness Paul out of there. Paul would be proud. He would be. This is the perfect no, he alcohol for you gotta, this Yeah, album. you got to cut that out at a certain point Yeah, when you do it it's like true. they did it. It's true. Um, so he's a he was a huge Elvis fan, so that's kind of what led yeah. up to the album cover. And, and the replacements were a really referential band the replacements wore their their influences very much on their sleeve yeah, they weren't and shy about it no and they were you know they like to be in the tradition you know they they got kicks out of calling their record let it be yeah, yeah. you know it's just like yeah i know it's a beatles record no i don't care right no doesn't i don't matter. care doesn't matter what so where where do you hear the influence of the replacements on modern day bands like, can you pinpoint anything that you hear as an influence? Like with a modern band? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think these guys made... They are my idea of, like, you know, indie rock. Indie rock's, like, earliest years. Yeah. Uh, they represented that to, like, mean so much to an underground audience and literally nothing at all to anyone past that register right. you know uh the idea of like a cult band but nobody's really worn it like 
the mats. You know, like nobody, nobody sounds like Paul. You know, hard as they try, bands it's talk hard to about be... it. They list them as an influence. Yeah, they say they're great. Um, well, what's his name? Green Billy Day. Billy yeah. Joe Armstrong. You know who? I guess played true. at Forecastle with them. That's but true. I don't know. Does Green Day sound like the Replacements? No. no. I mean, I'm sure they. I'm sure they would cite the Replacements as an influence sure. on them. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. But I think the biggest, to me, the biggest influence the Replacements have on modern bands is their ability to not give a single fuck. Oh yeah. And still be a functioning band. They never. It's so cared. impressive. No. It's impressive that they could hold it together as long as they could, with not giving one single fuck about anything. For sure. And about that, anything. Their fans. Anything. Mm, no. I, yeah. Didn't I matter. Mean, whether you're talking about, you know, what like offends people or what like <laughs> seemed shocking to listeners. You can go to listen then, to like, the live shows. It's hilarious. Yeah, and then to establish themselves as a punk band and be one of the first of their generation of punk to be like, yeah, I'm going to go sign with a major label. And no, yeah. I don't really care that that upsets you, you know? And um, we're going to polish our shit and yeah, we're going to yeah. write, start writing and, good songs. And, and I'm going to look you in the face and tell you that what I would like to do is make more money. Yeah. You know? And cause that's the thing. Everybody called him a sellout and it's like, that term just always bothered me, man. Like, you know, I, I'm biased. Yeah. As somebody who's, you know, tried to make money playing music. But to me, is like, there's no such thing. Like, it's hard enough. It was hard enough then. It's certainly hard enough now to get paid as a musician to be able to live on it. If somebody can get paid and do nothing else, be happy for them. And yeah. it's, it's so funny them. to me that they called him a sellout. Because, when, I mean, are they really selling out? Well, and that's fun. This isn't fucking U2 Joshua Tree yeah. we're talking about. It's, you was know. Was that a sellout, do you think? I don't think it was, but I yeah. mean, if you're going to look at something. That was like an yeah. accident. If you're going to look at something as a as a sellout. Yeah. You need to look at something that's selling millions of copies. Zuropa was a sellout. Yeah, Zuropa was a complete the cash Pop grab. The Pop Mart. Pop Mart was a cash grab. But if you're, well, they got a little too full of themselves, I think was the big problem there. They just thought they could do it and get away with it. Oh, did they? Who you, yeah, yeah, sorry. I wasn't catching the sarcasm. thought I was going to have to go on a tirade there, but it's not. But the thing about Pleased to Meet Me is I, I don't, I didn't know people really thought that was a sellout. I didn't know they got accused of it, but I guess. By Don't Tell a Soul, they definitely yeah, got labeled. And, yeah, okay, I could see sure. that for it's sure. It's funny with your remarks about being, you know, selling out uh, Government Cheese, local band here in Bowling Green. Actually, now that you're asking about influences, I know that's not going to be a reference that goes very far for (laughs) all that many people, but government cheese would certainly influence. You're going to read the book, The Cheese Chronicles by Tommy Womack. If you don't have a copy or can't find one, Mellow Matt's Music and More has one. We do mail order. Um, They had a song called Selling Out, and they got accused of selling out, and the lyric you know, uh, on it is, selling out whenever you're ready to buy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 bullshit to label stuff but, a yeah. sellout honestly. Yeah. Like, but to tie that together really quick back to the cover, I mean, what is it though? What is the actual yeah. image? It's, it's <laughs> a dude with an ice right. watch and a sparkly yep. ring shaking hands with presumably Paul Westerberg's signing a bad tattered, contract. Dirty sleeve. <laughs> signing a bad contract. I'm certain the contract wasn't any good. No. It's so funny most of that, them aren't. Like 
growing up, I had no idea who the replacements were. I never really listened to them until maybe high school, late high school. But when I used to drive to Bowling Green, where Matt used to work at Pack Rats, you had a you had a thing in the window. You had a please to meet me poster or a sign or something yeah. in the window because you used to always look at it and go, I wonder what the hell that is. Because <laughs> you also had a Westerberg poster right beside it. It must have been close to the time when it, one of his solo albums came out. It was his first one. Yeah, because yeah, it was yep. like the one with him standing on the cover. It's yeah, like just his silhouette. Yeah, that was there. And then please to meet me was there, and I was always like, man, I wonder what, I wonder what that shit's all about. And then I like I looked it up and thought it was all right. Yeah. That shit is Matt's a big replacements fan, yeah. and it's in every damn store. I bet this dude that works here really <laughs> likes the replacements, but, but that's not. But it wasn't something that was very accessible to me as a high school kid in Glasgow, Kentucky. Nobody yeah. knows who the replacements right. are. Yeah, no. yeah. So the whole notion of them selling out is kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because ultimately, it's like Matt said, they didn't sell out. They never really made money. Like it was actually. Westerberg's come out and talked about like it's only in the last like five or ten years that the replacement stuff has seen him personally like almost any money. Yeah. Yeah. And why why do you think he did the uh, soundtrack for Open Season? The Disney movie. Money. He needs it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's just like anybody else. I mean, you can still interview the guy in a parking lot getting groceries, so it's not like... That's true. Isn't that great? God, that's so funny. What, was like CVS even? (laughs) And he bought like cheap... Action like figures. They did right. a what's in your bag like with what he bought at CVS. God, that was so funny. Aren't you in a band? Uh, <laughs> so self-destructive too. Like just so oh, yeah. self-destructive. Well, look at the last replacements tour. Yeah. I mean. God. That, he started wearing a shirt with a different letter on it. And yeah. It, it's, oh, dude, it, it was so like? funny. We, I, we sold out. I, or, I love you. I have always loved you. Now I must whore my past. <laughs> <laughs> and that is classic Westerberg slash replacements. Yeah. Dude, it's poetry. It it's is. heartbreaking, but it's poetry. Yeah. But that's why we love them. Yeah. It that's just, why I love them. And the thing is, like, I don't know. I Everybody took that to mean, and I don't know if he ever no, clarified uh, that that was the last one, the last yeah. tour. God, I hope it's not because I had, okay. I won't say that I had chances to see yeah. anything on that tour. Right. I was so close to them and then was unable to, I mean, uh, we played shaky knees. Yeah. The year that, that they were yeah. one of the headliners and, uh, God, it just broke my heart. We had, it was one of the craziest things we ever did. We had a show. It was shaky knees, Atlanta, Georgia on, you know, whatever, like yeah. Friday. We played like two, so in, two in the afternoon. 2014 you played Yeah, that? it would be 2014. Yeah. Friday afternoon, we're one of the first bands. I guess we could, we could mention you were in Sleeper Agent. Yeah, Sleeper Agent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we, yeah, played that show Friday, 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, whatever. The next day, like 24 hours later, we had a show in Albany, New York. Mm. And so we finished our set. We loaded everything in super fast. We got out. We drove through Damn. the night. Actually, had a trailer breakdown. We had to leave it in Virginia. That sucked. Uh, but anyway, the point of that being <laughs> the replacements headline, Shaking Knees that night, Friday, mm-hmm. and I couldn't go. I couldn't stay. Same deal with uh, I was at Forecastle Fest 
And I can't remember what it was. If it was like somebody in my family's wedding or yeah, something. So Matt was at Forecast. The night that they yeah. headlined, I couldn't be there. I mm-hmm. had something that I just had no choice. You were Forecastle. Breaks my heart. Yeah. You were beaming from the Forecastle oh, show. Oh, man. It was everything I hoped it would be and more. Yeah. <sighs> Immediately. Rub it in. I'm, I'm standing there. Which means it was a complete train wreck. Well... Yeah, it had train wrecks within it. Has to have it. It's got to to be it a replacement show. <clears throat> because, like, I had a chance to see him on Please to Meet Me Tour. Mm. But I didn't have a ride. Yeah. They were playing, like, the, the National Guard Armory, I think. And I didn't have a ride. I could have a ticket, but, and I was too young, but I asked my parents to drive me down there and, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, no go. I mean, it did take you to a Kiss concert, but. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I missed that tour, but saw him twice on uh, Don't Tell a Soul. And then next, what was the next album? All, After sh- that, all Shook all Down. All Shook Down. I yeah. saw him three times on that, and I've seen Westerberg. Another Elvis reference. Pa- yeah. Yeah, it's true. Past yeah. that. But <laughs> I never thought I would get another chance to see the replacements again. So when it was announced, yes, I'm going to buy the ticket to Forecastle just to see them. And, you know, you I heard you say, I hope it's not the... I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen again. I don't. I don't think it is. I really hope it does. I really hope I didn't. Knowing miss my that's chances. the last time I saw him, I'm great with it. It was fucking awesome. Oh, it Everything. I'm. I'm standing somewhat on the hill to the side in the back, and immediately my body just starts walking toward the front. I just, <laughs> I just can't stop. I got as close yeah. as I could, and we were right up there, and it was just. It was. It was a replacement. All right, so this is last call for the pub. So we all agree this needs to be in everyone's record collection. Oh, everybody! Hell yes. Everyone's record collection. Yeah, everyone's. And then by Let It Be. <laughs> Afterwards. Yeah. Thankfully for you, they just reached